the medical examiner's most likely, wouldn't you agree, is going to tell me that he didn't strike his head multiple times. Multiple times. On the well, toilet. they're not going to say it about this right here. Okay, that's one, yeah. out, of, that's one yeah, out of seven. This ain't gonna that's one out of seven. Right yeah. That's one out of seven. So I'll give yeah. you that one that happened last week somehow. Yeah, the stick. rest on his face is gone. But the medical examiner's probably going to tell me that these other six all over his face didn't occur from striking his head on a toilet multiple times. Okay? Because if he fell, he would have hit his head on a broken toilet once, not six times. Six times, This is 23-year-old Talia Jefferson from Tallahassee, Florida. Just before 7 p.m. on October 19, 2020, Jefferson arrived at a local area hospital with her girlfriend's three-year-old son, completely unresponsive. She claimed he had fallen off a sink while brushing his teeth and hit his head on the toilet. Didn't take long for hospital staff to determine, however, that the young boy was more than unresponsive. And just six minutes after arriving to the hospital, staff confirmed he was deceased. In addition, they noted that the injuries present on the boy were not consistent with Jefferson's story of a single traumatic fall. There were multiple recent injuries to his head and face, as well as bruises, marks, and lacerations all over other parts of his anatomy, like his legs and back, all of which were in various stages of healing, meaning they had occurred at different times. Because of this, the hospital contacted police and reported the circumstances of the boy's passing as suspicious. A short time later, detectives collected Jefferson from the hospital and brought her to the police station to be interrogated. Now, as this is an ongoing case, only portions of the interrogation have been made available to the public, but there's still a great deal we can learn from what we have. So, now that you have a little more background on the case, let's watch that beginning segment again and dive into the rest of this interrogation. But the medical examiner's most likely, wouldn't you agree, is going to tell me that he didn't strike his head multiple times. Multiple times. On well, the they're not going to say it about this right here. Okay, that's one, yeah. out, of, that's one yeah, out of seven. That's one out of seven. That's one out of seven. So I'll give yeah. you that one that happened last week somehow. Yeah, the rest on his face is But the medical examiner's probably going to tell me that th these other six all over his face didn't occur from striking his head on a toilet multiple times. Okay? Because if he fell, he would have hit his head on a broken toilet once, not six times. Six times, yeah. Um... And I think we can probably all agree there's probably no porcelain fragments in these wounds. So, what exactly did you throw? What exactly was it that you used to strike him in the face? I don't even. A screwdriver? Or a screwdriver? Mm, not even a screwdriver. You know, like the, what is it? A wrench? I don't know. You have little, to tell me. It's like a silver. It's like you use it with a. It's a tool, but with like an L. Almost. Okay. Like a tire iron. Yeah, tire iron. Like, yeah. How big was it? Not even that big. And it's silver. Yeah. I tell you what, because I feel like I'm talking to my. This is not your fault. It's because you're a girl and you don't oh, do tools. Man. It's like when I when I tell my I tell my ten year old to go into the shop and I'm like, hey, uh, give me an end wrench. And he comes back with a crescent wrench. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so it's upsetting how nonchalant Jefferson's being given the circumstances. The detective's attitude seems oddly lighthearted as well, but this is intentional. We don't know exactly what's happened in the interrogation up to just a few minutes ago. 
but given the way they're interacting and the detective making a joke within seconds of Jefferson essentially confirming she attacked the boy, it's safe to say they've built up some sort of rapport by this point. Keeping the atmosphere in the room somewhat light can make it easier for suspects to provide information, as things don't seem so serious and significant. This method is clearly working, so the detective tries to keep it up as much as possible. Uh, and he doesn't... I tried to get him an encyclopedia of tools, but he's, he's not really cool on that. He won't select the books. So I'm going to do with you like I have to do with him. Come over here. Yeah, I did the same thing. I should always hope for. Try it. Does this part on it move or turn? No. It, oh, it do turn. When you put it into the thing, you turn the whole little stick. Oh, uh, okay. And this is silver? Mm-hmm. Is that the size it is, or is it bigger or smaller? Yeah, that's the size it is. Okay. Right. Is this something you change a tire with, or is it like, what would you do with this tool? Change a tire. Okay. How big is this in? Is this, is this in hollow? It's like kind of skinny. Okay. And is this in the, you know what a ratchet is, right? Okay. Yeah, have a seat in there. Pull up a ratchet. Yeah, Detective asks Jefferson to draw the object she threw at the child. At this point, she says it was a ratchet and that she only threw the object once and didn't strike him with it directly, in an attempt to still push the narrative of this somehow being an accident. However, as mentioned before by the detective, forensic medical examiners have the ability to match weapons to specific injuries and can tell the type, how many times, and how hard the weapon was used from them. By admitting to using this ratchet, even though she's only claiming to have thrown it, she has made their job and her conviction exponentially easier, because now they know exactly where to look. Yeah, we'll probably go on the side. That toy. That toy really did it to While he's pulling that up, did this occur in the bathroom or did it occur somewhere else? Yeah, before he went, like, when, when I went in there the first time and seen him on the sink, that's when I was like, no, I'm what the fuck is you doing? You didn't want to. So I threw the thing, not to hurt him, but the. How many times she threw it at him? She just went. And where did it hit him at? On side his face. Yes. Um, from what they're telling me, um, the forensic people, the toll is broken not by a person striking it, but by an object striking it. Did you strike the toilet bowl with that tool? No, no, no. no. Okay, what broke, what broke the toilet bowl? That's when he, when he jumped down and it's a cup that was in there too. So um, I don't know what like that. Yeah, you know exactly how it Let me see. Oh, so it is a tire. Yeah, okay. The little toolbox okay. in front of the toolbox. It, like, it was like tools in front of it when all of them wasn't in there. Where's the toolbox kept? Huh? You said, where is it? Mm-hmm. It should be kept in the closet or under our bed. In the room. But today, where did you get it from? In the hallway. In my hallway, in my room. Oh, from, oh, from your bedroom? Mm-hmm. This piece of information can be used to show Jefferson's intent and premeditation. If the tire iron, as we now know it to be, much heavier than a ratchet, by the way, 
was kept in or near the bathroom, it would make the situation more believable as a spur-of-the-moment act, without much thought, more likely to result in a second-degree murder charge. But by stating that the iron was kept in a separate room, stored in a closet or under a bed, this shows that she needed to make the conscious decision to leave the bathroom, enter another room, open the closet or reach under the bed, retrieve the tire iron, return to the bathroom, and then throw it, clearly showing intent and purpose to her actions, which makes it much more likely to result in a first-degree murder charge. So you, you threw it at him, um, and it hit him on the side of the face. What happened next? I went to go get the towel. The towel? Okay. I've got to ask, because you're saying it hit him on the side of the face. Did it cause a laceration? Because you're saying you went to go get the towel. Um, yeah, I'm guessing so, yeah. Okay. Um, where was he at when you went to go get the towel? Is he still in the bathroom? Okay, what was he doing? She crying at that point because he's mad I threw the thing at him. Sorry, one more quick thing. You can tell how disconnected and uncaring Jefferson was towards this child because she says she thought he was crying not because he'd just been hit in the face with a tire iron, but because he was just mad she threw it at him. Jesus. Alright. And how did the toilet get busted for real? Um, th I honestly think when I threw that wrench, mm -hmm. or it had to, because I don't think just him falling on it was going to bless it like that. Again, I'm asking for like an honest explanation, because um, I can't go to Erica, I can't go to my boss, we can't go to anybody else to say, yeah, she got mad, she threw it one time and it, it hit him in the face. Uh, just one time on the right side and caused it to bleed, but yet there's injuries here, 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 here. Now at the top, I honestly feel like it came from the toilet after it broke. Mm -hmm. And then I know his finger was from the toilet because he was trying to use the bathroom and he was trying to hold the side of it and it's broke on the side. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I told her, yeah, his finger almost gone. But I didn't even see him when that happened. So, yeah, it all happened. Why was he trying to go to the bathroom in there after you hit him with a tire? I, I, I was making him, he didn't have to, I was like, yeah, just pee for like, just use the bathroom. I mean, he usually, you know, like he brushes teeth, use the bathroom and do it normal. Mm -hmm. But he didn't want to use the bathroom, so I told him to go use the bathroom. You know, like, yeah, use the bathroom. So while she's making excuses and trying to explain away some of his injuries as a result of his own doing, she's only making things worse. She's trying to say that one of the injuries on his head was from falling off the toilet, not from him getting hit with the tire iron, even though the reason he fell is because she hit him with the tire iron, and that a cut on his finger was from him holding on to the broken toilet while trying to go to the bathroom, even though she was the one who broke the toilet, and he didn't even need to go to the bathroom. She was forcing him to go to the bathroom as like a punishment for making a mess or something, a mess that was created because she hit him with the tire iron. Good God, man, this poor kid. So he didn't want to see what you were telling him to. Yeah, he didn't want to. He kept telling me he didn't, but sometimes he say he don't and go in the room and still pee. So it's like, right. I was still trying to make him use the bathroom. Not thinking, not by the side of the yeah, toilet. Did you see that the side of the toilet was cutting his hands? I didn't even see that. That's the thing about it. Like, I walked out and came back. 
He was, what he was doing, sinking on the toilet like this. Was said, he, oh, he was sitting on it? He was sitting on the toilet, but with it being so broke, every time the piece fall, he fell right in the toilet with it. So he was sitting in the toilet like this. I said, get up, get up. Oh, you got the piece. I know you feel it. So then when he got up, I finally seen this thing, and I'm like, oh, wow. You hit down, so I had to fit it. Got your whole thing. Throwing a toy at him isn't going to cause multiple lacerations to his face either. You know what I mean? If you pick up a toy and you throw it at him, let's just say it bonks him in the head. Let's just say it does cause a small cut or an abrasion. Okay, that's just one. But he's got, you know, six on his head and his face. Damn, please. Yeah. Are you sure you threw it? Yeah. The tire. Yeah, I threw it. Uh, yeah, okay. I threw it. When he was in the I it. Did you hit him with anything else? Yeah. It was hard. I, like, I hit him with the thing again when he came back in the room. The tire? Yeah. When it, which bedroom are you talking about? It is. I think right now. So he came into his room? What was he going into his room for? He was coming in. See, he was walking in the room. To, um, he was thinking about how to get a go back in there and get some clothes and food. He, went out, he was trying to go to the living room and do something. I said, Miguel, no, please go. And you already blood everywhere. You didn't like you you just not, Yeah, you yeah. do the whole house, bro. I just got a room, new cats out of there. No, so, yeah. So he tried to leave the bathroom, bathroom and go into his room? Yeah, he tried to leave the bathroom and go in the living room. Uh, I needed him to come in the room where I was. So when he finally did come, yeah. And yeah, I struck him there again. This shows just how effective the keep things light tactic can be. With a couple fake laughs and agreeable head nods, the detective has gotten Jefferson to admit to hitting the boy again, directly this time. She also reveals more about his condition after the first attack, saying he got blood all over the house. Not only showing she was aware of how badly injured he was, but she looks at the detective with this like, can you believe it, the nerve of this kid, kind of expression on her face, as if this is something all parents deal with and is some kind of shared experience. You know, I'll be interested to see when this full interrogation comes out, because whatever the detective said to build all this trust in Jefferson clearly worked like a charm. Left side, right side, do you remember? I don't even, I just... How many times? Just once, then. I just... So when when he when he tried to go to his bedroom, or I'm sorry, when he tried to leave the bathroom, because um, he, he was bleeding, you wanted him to go back in. I wanted him to come to the room to me. He was trying to trail blood out to the living room and the kitchen and all that. So I was trying to get him to come in the room with me, but he was acting kind of. All right, you don't know where on the head or the face you hit? No. Obviously, in one of the six spots. You just swung it and hit it? Yeah. Okay. Now, that only accounts for two. What about the other four? I don't know. I really can't even tell you about it. Look at that. He struck him on the um, ranch shit twice. Throw it three times because I didn't want to ask too, but I don't think that's going to You sure it was on the butt, or you think it could have been up higher on his back because he's got injuries on his back? It was safe, right? Kind of like, right here. Okay. 
Props to the detective, man. He's doing a great job of keeping Jefferson relatively at ease while simultaneously keeping the pressure up. He keeps bringing up the amount of injuries they found on the victim, offering evidence to match the events Jefferson's describing, opening the door for her to confirm his suspicions and incriminate herself, all without being too aggressive as to not damage their relationship. For example, she says she spanked him. He brings up the injuries on the boy's back, which are obviously too severe to be from a typical spanking. So she goes, oh, yeah, yeah, that was them. I did that. She thinks he's buying her story about just trying to spank the boy, but actually, she just admitted to severely abusing him. She confessed to the act, but the evidence shows the real result. Now, I'm just, I'm offering this out. I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but could it be that you're so upset and, and so livid um, by this incident, by the way he's behaving? that you hit him with the tire more than twice and you just don't remember it. And that might account for, you know, the multiple yeah, injuries. So. Yeah, that he was so, yeah, yeah. What makes you think that? Because, like, at the time, I kind of, I kind of was upset that he wasn't listening and, yeah, so. Yeah. What makes you think that you could have hit him more, though? Just because you were upset? Yeah, or? and I, yeah. They keep telling me to take anger management. I don't really think I need it, but I think I need it. You don't think you need anger management? Oh, no, I think I need it now. This is another one of those soft confessions where the detective posits a possibility, she confirms that it's likely, and the evidence shows what resulted from it. Now you may be thinking there's enough maybes, could-haves, and possiblys flying around to prevent this from being labeled an outright confession. And you'd be right but the detectives don't need an outright confession. They need beyond a reasonable doubt. She claims she doesn't remember, she admits she can't control her anger, and she confessed to hitting a child twice in the face with a tire iron. Considering that, I think the jump from two times to six, and the idea that maybe this isn't the only time she's harmed him, is more than reasonable. And I think most juries would agree. I knew it was something because he kept doing up and mm -hmm. he was just way done. So I finally rolled back. Mm -hmm. And in my head, I'm thinking, damn, he might be dead, bro. Mm -hmm. But I didn't want to, you know, feel like that. So I'm just calling her ass again. She just kept telling me to call y'all, but I didn't fear shit. I didn't want to. I just took him straight down. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's uh, it's not something that happens often. Sometimes people just no, don't know what to do. I was bad because I feel like if the ambulance would have came, they probably would have revived. Think they could have might have saved him? Yeah, they, I know they could have saved him. Mm -hmm. so I was just laying there with him. Mm -hmm. He probably did when I was laying there with him. Okay. Honestly. You think, he, think yeah, he was? He, I was just laying there with him. He was going to be really gone. Like, and mm -hmm. if he is gone, then all type of shit was going through my head. The footage ends with Jefferson further showing her knowledge of the child's state and decision to do nothing about it, finally admitting that if she had called the paramedics, she knows they could have saved him. Now, as I said before, this case is still ongoing, and it's relatively early in the process at that, so it's going to be a little while before we have anything more to analyze. 
It has been revealed that Jefferson also cared for the victim's older brother, a six-year-old, who has since been taken into the custody of the state. And Jefferson has admitted to abusing this boy as well. Jefferson has entered a plea of not guilty to her charges of child abuse and first-degree murder. And the state has declared its intention to pursue the death penalty. Regardless, I don't think police are too worried about their side of the case. Considering the released portion of the interrogation and the existence of some type of formal confession that's being referenced in news media, I don't know if it's just a transcript of this interrogation or if it's a separate standalone confession, but either way, this case seems like a slam dunk. And rightfully so. Talia Jefferson is clearly an evil person who deserves the most severe punishment available and it doesn't get more severe than death row. Thanks for watching. I wanted to try out something a little different with this video, being a little shorter and less formal, and covering an ongoing case instead of one that's already neatly wrapped up. Let me know in the comments what you thought, and if you'd like to see more content like this. Please like, share, and subscribe if you enjoyed this video, as I have several more already on the way. I also have a Patreon that you can join for just $5, which will get you access to all of my videos in their original, unedited state before they were cut to comply with YouTube's policies, as well as a shout-out in future videos. And finally, on a more personal note, this is the number for the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, or SAMHSA, hotline. If you or someone you know is struggling with addiction or another mental illness and is considering getting help, call this number. Not only will someone work with you to find possible treatment options, but they'll talk to you. Sometimes, that's all we need. No matter how bad things may seem, you have to remember that these feelings won't last forever. You are not a lost cause, and you are worthy of love. There will come a time, hopefully soon, where you look back on this period of your life and are happy that you decided to stick around. I know I will be. I hope you enjoyed the video. Links are in the description. More content is on the way. And until next time, have a good one.